Morning, everyone. Thank you, Gavin, for uh, setting our hearts on contribution. Um, thank you also, um, Peter and Katie, for just um, the testimony and, and trials. That's our topic for today. Um, my name is Zaldi Villaverde, and I'm very honored to uh, kick off our study on the book of James. And if you could turn to uh, James chapter 1. But let's pray first before we get started. God, uh, thank you so much for uh, this morning and just really being with you and the fellowship. It's just um, such a blessing. Pray you continue to be with our hearts as uh, we look more into your word, into uh, James chapter 1. I pray that um, you open and let us uh, just learn from you. Be with me. Uh, We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. James chapter 1, starting verse 1, it says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, how many of us follow that scripture? We're only in verse 2 and we're already annihilated. Verse 3, it says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not be expected to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Verse 9, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having, the stood, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those that love him. Uh, A major problem in our society today, as we know, is counterfeiting. When you go to a store, some stores can't accept more than a $20 bill because they're afraid that it might be fake money. Credit card, it's a big industry. You know, protection from your identity being stolen. You know, the genuine item, it's what is valuable to people. You know, the counterfeits, they don't cost, they're not worth anything. And I remember um, in high school, um, I went to Chinatown one day in New York, and I used to love 
brand name clothes. Can anybody, anyone relate to that? We, we love the name brands. And in high school, if you had the brand name clothes, you, you know, you were cool. You know, or you think you're cool. And I remember, you know, just buying um, these pants I wanted. It was a Calvin Klein's, and, you know, they had them in Chinatown, and they were cheap. And you wonder why they're cheap. And the first, first day of school, I, you know, in my mind, I was going to be cool. I was going to be the man, you know, with my new CKs. And the first day of class, I got called to write something um, on the board. And walking up and going to the board, you know, people were laughing. And I didn't know what they were laughing at until I sat down. You know, somebody said, yo, man, you got a rip in your pants. <laughs> and, you know, during that time, having holes and rips, rips in your your clothing was not fashionable. And so, needless to say, you know, I'm embarrassed. And I try to play it off. Yeah, I did that on purpose. That's the style. <laughs> Maybe you can play, you, you know, you can pull that off today, but back then, no, you don't. And I pretty much ended up sitting down the whole day. <laughs> you know, my coolness was burst. But I learned a valuable lesson about getting the genuine article. If it's not genuine, it's not going to last as long. It's not that durable. In James 1, God calls us to be genuine Christians. To make sure that we're not fake and to make sure that we will last. And how does he do that? Through our trials and temptations. You know, Katie was sharing, you know, if I went through that, it would be hard for me as well. All of us have different trials. But we are called to be tested, and that's the reason we have trials, so that our faith can be validated. The fact that trials and temptations come, to get, um, come together compels James to address the issue of uh, temptation. And for example... Yeah, let's say that um, a person gets laid off from work. That's a trial, right? But then he begins to experience the, the need of income. But the temptation then uses that same circumstance to lure him to stealing. And so, therefore, trials and then temptations. Or how about the person whose spouse has grown distant? That's a trial. And the person begins to feel the need for attention and affection. Then temptation uses that same circumstance to lure them into an affair. So that is why temptation is a big part of trials. And God does not want to make our life miserable. You know, we have to believe that. But, as, but his purpose is to mature us and to be more like Jesus. God is trying to help us. In Psalm 17, verse 3, it says, Though you probe my heart, though you examine me at night and test me. In Psalm 26, verse 2, it says, Test me, Lord, and try me. 
Examine my heart and my mind. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, it says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. God calls us to be tested and to, to submit to testing. The world is looking at us. Those of us to claim to, uh, claim to be Christians, to see if our faith is valid. Maybe we have people here right now saying, is this faith valid? Is this church valid? And just a little uh, background on James. James was a man who lived out his faith. Did you know he was stoned uh, by priests? He was killed by religious people. And it's also very interesting that in verse 1 he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he was the brother, a physical brother of Jesus, he didn't say, James, I'm the brother of Jesus. James, the brother of Jesus. He didn't say that. He didn't say, James, a leader of the Jerusalem church. He didn't say, James, an eyewitness of the resurrection. He said, James, a servant, a slave of God, a slave of Christ. But that's the title he wanted for himself. He did, that's what he wanted to present. And for us, we have an opportunity to honor God with our trials. With a show of hands, how many of us are going through trials? All right, okay, there's quite a few of us. How many of you are just coming out of a trial? Okay, maybe a, li a little bit less. You're the people with big smiles on your faces. You know, you're fired up. You know, maybe we should to get together with you. All right, third group of people. And for those that did not raise their hand, hands, you know, brace yourself. You will be going through a trial. You know, all of us, we belong to one of the three. You're in a trial. You're just finishing a trial. Or you will be in a trial. If you are going through a trial, you may be thinking, what is going on? How can God do this to me? I'm trying to follow the Bible. What is going on with my life? I'm confused. And it can be confusing. But James talks about our personal relationship with God. And that's the reason we go through trials, is that we can look to him for help. James um, 1 in verse uh, 13, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, when tempted, when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, give birth, gives birth to death. Talks about temptations. And that God is not the one who tempts us but our own evil desires. It's these evil desires that give birth to sin. 
in our trials, do, so, do we submit to sin? Verse 17, it, it tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above. These scriptures not only tell us about our relationship with God, but our relationship with others. In verse 12, it talks about, look at, about looking after orphans and widows in their distress. It's about helping each other and those in need. And I spoke about helping one another a couple of weeks ago, but, and we need one another. I'm encouraged about our church here in Shoreline because we help each other. There's been emails about, um, you know, helping um, our brothers and sisters, uh, taking food. And it's awesome to see the response that people are willing to help each other. And you never know one day that we might be in the position uh, that needs help. Verse 9 talks about listening and doing, about controlling our tongue. And my wife, you know, she constantly reminds me about listening. That's one of my weaknesses. And it would save us hours, even days of conflict if we would just listen to each other. Verse 19, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger, anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive your, yourselves. Do what it says. It's funny that James 1 starts with trials and temptations. And the second part not only talks about listening, but doing what it says. Be joyful when you face trials. You know, that's a hard teaching to do. God tells us we are going to suffer, but God will use that suffering. Verse 2 again says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trial. It doesn't say if. It says when. James, you know, says we need to expect them. Notice that you, just because you're a believer, you're not, ex, you're not exempt. You know, trials happen. We don't plan on having trials, but it is just life. It's like the man who was helping who was helped by the Good Samaritan. You know that story? And I'm sure that man did not wake up that day and said, Honey, today I plan on getting beat up and getting robbed. You know, he didn't plan that. For us today, you know, we can say that. We don't say that. Today I plan on losing my job. Or how about, let's see, how about we lose our house today? I hope the kids act up so that we can be late for church. You know, we don't think about that. This morning, I think I'll have a bump with my, with, uh, my spouse. You know, we don't plan on having bumps. I certainly don't plan on bumping with my wife. I hate to see the wrath of Maricel Villaverde. <laughs> I hate seeing it. 
You know, we could say, today, I plan on having a bad day. No, we don't say that. We don't plan it. But they happen. And we need to prepare when they do happen. It can happen to us today. Many times, the trials do come when we don't expect them. What are the many different trials we have? James says we face many different trials, many kinds. No, it could be emotional trials. It could be trials at work. It could be financial trials, physical or health. You know, there are trials that we expect also as a result of the Christian life. And this is probably the, the fact that James was talking these, to these group of people. He was addressing the believers, the Christians. A day will come when you face a trial that will challenge what you believe. But the Bible says that trials are a stepping stone to glory. Verse 12, it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised. Trials shape us. Do we come out of it all beat up and bent out of shape? Or does it mature us? And it took a trial for me to come to church. And maybe some of you came to church because you're in the middle or you're in a trial right now. And I remember it was the winter of 1994 in the subways of New York. I don't know if uh, many of you have ridden the subways of New York, but it's not a big car. It's a long, you know, train. But I was riding with a friend to take her home. It was um, late at night, and we were coming from um, school, uh, university in Manhattan. And, uh, and she lived in Brooklyn. And there was a, bar to, a bad part of Brooklyn you had to go through to uh, get her home. And so, you know, I don't want to discourage people from going to New York and taking the subways. But generally, New York is pretty safe, you know. I've lived there for over 30 years and had never had any problems. But as in any city, there is always a part that you don't go to, you know, unless you're looking for, for trouble. And in this case, I had to go through this uh, area to drop off the friend. And after I dropped her off, I went back on the subway to um, get to my home in Staten Island. And... I was sitting quietly in the subway and when these two guys came from another car um, to the car I was sitting in. And they took uh, this Nike hat I was wearing. You know, they passed by, grabbed the hat, and started walking to the other side of the train. And me, at that time, I had a black belt in Taekwondo. You know, I competed <laughs> in um, tournaments. So my, I was pretty prideful. <laughs> but, you know, my prideful self thought, there's only two of them. I can take them. So I got up, walked to them, grabbed my hat back, and, you know, went back to my seat. And I said, you know, when I, as I took it, I said, give me that. <laughs> and 
And so as I was walking back to my seat, you know, I didn't know they had friends. And so they started coming into the train. And so I had the two guys in back of me, and I started counting the people, that, the guys that were walking in front of me. One, two, three, four. After the fourth guy, I stopped counting. And, and I, I stopped. And, I, you know, I've always imagined, I watched a lot of Bruce Lee movies back then. And so I always imagined what I would do if I had to fight off hundreds of people. You know, this is not a hundred people, but, you know, I imagined that. You know, I imagined I would, you know, do these fancy kicks and moves and in slow motion. And, and so I remember, um, I don't know, it was just going fast and... I was so, still so prideful after seeing all these guys come in that um, I blurted out, you guys are only tough because there are many of you. That's what I said. And what was I thinking? Maybe I thought they would be intimidated by my words or something. And I remember I just got hit in the back of my head and I, I was just fighting for my, my life. But there were no Jet Li moves. There were no Jackie Chan, I don't know, a- action. But I was just trying to fight. And I remember they were trying to get my backpack, uh, my wallet. And, you know, the guy that was trying to get my wallet, I remember twisting it. And then I got punched. Uh, But I don't know how long it took, but eventually the police came and I found out that they were gang members um, causing trouble in the neighborhood. And I still had my belongings intact, including the Nike hat. They they weren't able to take it. But, (laughs) But that night changed my life. I still had about two hours um, train ride and a ferry ride to get home. So I had plenty of time to think about what just happened. <laughs> and going home, I had tissue up my bloody nose. I had a black eye. I was just lying down on, the, on my seat. I probably looked like a homeless person. <laughs> and maybe I should have put out my Nike hat and maybe somebody had pity and gave me some change or something. But I, 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 I looked terrible. But that night made me evaluate my life. It humbled me. I am not as invincible as I thought. And what if one of those guys had a gun or a knife? I started thinking about God. And a few weeks later, my two sisters, who became Christian, invited me to church. And a few months later, I studied the Bible, and I was baptized February 1995. And praise God. But that day, I could look at that as a bad day. But it ended up being one of the best days of my life. I became a Christian. And since then, I have experienced many other trials. And James reminds us that the the reality that even in the Christian life, there are trials and temptations. However, the Christian does not have to be a victim of his or 
or her circumstance. It can be a victory even in times of trials and testing. James tells us no matter what the trials on the outside, we can experience victory through faith faith in Christ. And how do you deal, how do you respond when life deals you a lemon? These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It tests our faith. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is more precious than gold. You believe that. So if your faith remains strong after being tested by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day Jesus returns. Trials rightly used help us to mature. And how does God spell maturity? Perseverance, endurance, the ability to keep going when it's tough to keep going. It reminds me of a story. You like to see another? Uh, you like to hear another story? Yeah. It reminds me of a man who was sailing, and while he was far off in the ocean, he struck something in the water, and his boat fell apart. And and so he was able to make a raft from the pieces of the boat floating. And, you know, he had a great attitude about it. God, thank you so much. I, got, I survived. I'm alive. And I'm able to make this uh, raft. And then the raft falls apart. And, yeah, he still had a good attitude about it. He thanked God for the pieces of wood. Um, he, you know, he had a piece of wood left over from the, the raft. And he said, thank you, I have this little piece of wood. And then he floated to an island. God, thank you for this island. You know, I'm, I'm on dry land. Um, and, and so he's on this island, and the, the pieces of wood started floating in. And from the pieces of wood, he, he was able to make a hut. And he thanked God. God, thank you for this, uh, the, for the wood that floated in. Thank you for my hut. And all of a sudden, it started raining and lightning, and the lightning struck the wood hut, and it started burning. That's when he lost it. You know, that's when he said, you know, that's like us sometimes. You know, we, we're able to pray and thank God. God, thank you, um, you know, for my trial. Thank you, I'm... Uh, um, but, you know, after a few days, we, we lose it. You know, we're not as grateful or as fired up. And, you know, so this guy lost it. And he said, God, I'm mad. I've been obedient. I've been a good boy. You know, I've been shipwrecked. I've been, I'm alone. I'm alone on this island. All I wanted was this rinky-dink hut. And now you, you burned it down. And I've been faithful. What's wrong with you, God? And then all of a sudden, 
people landed on the island and he was rescued. And so he asked these people, how did you find me? They said, you know, we saw the smoke signals from the island. (laughs) And so he was saved because of that burning hut. You know, this foolish man didn't even think about setting fire for a smoke signal. He was thinking about his hut. You know, God is working to save us. We don't know. We don't know how God is working through our trials. You know, God has a bigger plan that we can't see. And God is always with us. He's never trying to harm us. And the only way God can develop patience and character in our lives is through trials. When we go through trials, when we trust and obey God, the result is patience and character. This is how we face trials with a positive attitude that the end result will bring glory to God. And God cannot and will not build our character without our cooperation. When we submit to him, then he can accomplish his work. God doesn't work in us without our consent. We must surrender our will to his. If we face trials without a surrendered will, we'll remain immature. And there's this parable about endurance, and there's different versions. Um, You know, it could be a donkey. It could be, you know, in this case, it could be a dog. And here it is. It's... Uh, it seems like an old dog fell into a farmer's well. And after considering the situation, the farmer decided that neither the dog nor the well were worth saving. So the dog fell in, um, and so the, the farmer said, you know, let's forget it. He's old. Let's just cover up the well. So he decided to bury the old dog and put him out of uh, misery. When the farmer began shoveling, the dog was hysterical. I'd be hysterical, too, if I was being buried alive. But as the farmer kept on shoveling um, and the dirt hit the dog's back, you know, a a thought uh, struck the old dog. Each time a shovel full of dirt hit his back, the dog would shake off the dirt and step up. And who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? So after blow after blow, the dog would shake it off, shake it off, and step up. No matter how painful those shovels of dirt were, the old dog fought panic. He just kept shaking it off and stepping it up. Finally, the dog, battered and exhausted, stepped triumphantly over the wall of that well. What he thought would bury him actually benefited him because of the way he handled his adversity. And so, with the pile of dirt, he was able to get out of that well. And so the moral is that life is going to shovel dirt on you, all kinds of dirt. And the trick to getting out of the well is to shake it off and stepping up. Each of our troubles is a stepping stone. We can get out of the deepest wells not just by just not stopping and never giving up. Shake it off. And take a step up. Don't waste the opportunity God gives you to prove 
himself. And so, yeah, just close it off. There are certain certainties in life, trials and temptation, just like death and taxes, just like what Gavin said. Taxes, that's a certainty in life. They will come. James 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Satan wants to use these trials to tear us down. But God uses them to build us up. What motivates us to act in this way? James identifies the response as love in James 1 verse 12. Love motivates a joyful attitude. We love God, God loves us, and will not harm us. Love motivates an understanding mind. God teaches us through our trials, and we grow. Love motivates a surrender of my will. When love reigns, we can surrender and obey. Love and belief go together. When you love, you trust and ask for help. And last story, I promise. I know a lot of you probably have uh, different stories of your own when it comes to trials. But I remember when I was young, my father used to take us fishing. And I remember we drove to Maryland uh, to go fishing at this uh, small dam. And all the fishers were at the bottom of this dam. And, you know, they have restrictions uh, when you go to fishing. If it's too small, you need to throw it back. And so... My father told me to throw back, you know, one of the fishes that were too small. And I remember I was trying to get this fish from the bucket, and it just kept on fighting me. I'm trying to grab it, and he's slapping um, my hand, trying to poke me, bite me. No, just trying to get away. And, yeah, I'm like, stop it! I'm trying to save you! And, of course, he probably didn't understand that, but... You know, don't you want to live, you fish? It just kind of, it just kept on trying to wiggle out. And I'm, I'm trying to get a good grip, and finally I had a good grip. Um, I walked over to the edge of the dam, and as I threw the fish, you know, I guess I didn't throw it hard enough. You know, it hit the railing. It did a couple of uh, somersaults. And... It hit the rocks at the bottom. And the point is, I was like, God, to this fish. And I'm trying to help it. And, you know, I'm, now I'm not God, so unfortunately this fish didn't make it. You know, God won't hit us on the rocks. And we're like the fish. God is trying to save us, and we're poking at him. We're squirming. We're trying to get away. Yeah, I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way. But God is trying to pick us up. And that's what I mean by submissive will. Let God help you out. And maybe that's not a very good illustration about God, but God knows what he's doing. Trials test our faith to produce perseverance, which, in, which result in what? Blessings. We should be joyful when all kinds of trials 
test our faith. We rejoice because, because trials produce perseverance. Perseverance brings maturity. And the blessing of perseverance is the crown of life. And a quote I read, it says, um, our values determine our evaluations. If we value comfort more than character, then trials will upset us. If we value the material and physical more than the spiritual, we will not be able to count it all joy. If we live only for the present or forget about the future, the trials will make us bitter, not better. This is what Paul had in mind in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 16 to 18, when he said, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly uh, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Thank you. To be God, God to be glory. Amen.